From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 14th, 2009. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends, Kathy Whirling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, Walter Eccles, Max the intern, Teresa Eccles, and a very special guest, Kathy White from Australia. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Uh, in this week's episode, uh, Kevin has his review of Cat Cora's new restaurant, Cuisina at Disney's Boardwalk, and John Magi has an installment of Worst Things in the World, all that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's so, this, like, this room is completely full now. It's, like, so weird. You gotta knock down another wall before you know it. Yeah, really. <laughs> Pretty soon we'll need lubricant. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Didn't expect it to go there, but okay. I was gonna say we need one of them capacity signs, but... <laughs> Fire Marshal says that only tw- ten people can be in the room. Yeah, right. So, a uh, couple things in housekeeping. Um, first and foremost, I want to let everybody know that we will have a major announcement on next week's show regarding Project X... It will finally be unveiling Project X. Not that it's going to become. A, I don't think it's a big surprise, but um, we have a lot of. We'll have a lot more details on Project X, and uh, that'll be on next week's show. So be sure to listen for that. Anybody else have anything for housekeeping? I have a housekeeping. We received a box of stuff in the Diz Unplugged post office box. It's about time. It's been getting a little thin. Right now. <laughs> You we people a, are really, uh, you people are really uh, uh, getting lazy. We had someone actually physically come from Australia for us to have goodies this week. Yeah, really, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> um, this comes from Kim Chayurgin on the boards. We wanted to send you a piece of Pittsburgh. You've gotten a lot of food. <laughs> Is it dirt? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little chip of that Rocky statue. No, that's Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia. Um, I could have brought you back a piece of Pittsburgh. I was there last week. You are the piece of Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, just threw up a little in my mouth. Thank you for that. <laughs> Makes my lubricant thing a little bit better, doesn't yeah, it? Really? Let's go back to that. You've gotten a lot of food in the past, and now you're getting some drink. Coffee, to be exact. Nicholas Company has been roasting their own coffee for almost 100 years. Here's a variety of types and flavors in single pot pouches. There's even some decaf. We Is hope it the you same enjoy. coffee? What do you mean? They've been doing it for 100 years. <laughs> it's done. It's like sourdough bread. It's the original recipe. Oh, when you go by this place in Pittsburgh, it just smells, smells so good. It's like the Marita Bread Factory on I-4. Take it. Pass it around. Oh, Lord. This is from Kim Barron, Hope Schemer. Lord, to rob the place? And Anne's <laughs> Batafora. Wow. You're looking at me like I should know what you're saying. You know or how to pronounce our listeners' names. It's more fun watching you do it. <laughs> like having a mouthful of more. Wow, these are nice. These are all individual packets. As the letter said. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy waiting to see the coffee. <laughs> it's very nice. It's a huge box of stuff. Scandinavian morning blend. Swiss chocolate almond. For those of us who are coffee drinkers, we're very appreciative. Thanks, the decaf. Kim. We'll give John the decaf. Why? 
I would have to have the decaf. Oh, that's right. Very, very nice, Kim. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Thank you. Be a good thing to brew on break. And Kathy brought us some some goodies. Yes, she did. Tim Tams and flip flops. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what they are. Flip flops. She brought us some some uh, some coasters for the table. <laughs> no more sliding Cast drinks. What were they, Kathy? Tim Tams and what? And Lemmingtons. So, thank you very much for those gifts, Kathy. That was very nice. Anything else for housekeeping? That's it. No, nothing. Well, no, I wanted to thank everybody that donated for Ferris's Buddy Walk. We've raised just under $8,000. Whoa. More than triple our goal. So yep. thank you to everybody who donated. Is that going um, right to his college fund? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, it does not go to Ferris. It goes to the Down Syndrome Association of Central Florida. <laughs> and the Down Syndrome of Central Florida in total has raised um, just under $120,000. $120,000. Fantastic. This is their big fundraiser of the year. So yeah. they Good. depend on this. They had set a goal of 200000 So I'm hoping there are like some big donors out there like, maybe Arnold Palmer Hospital and places like that that'll be making donations to them, but I'm not for certain. Yeah. So thanks again, everybody. When yeah, is thank the walk? You. Saturday. It's and it's Saturday. supposed to be beautiful. The high is only 80. I know. I know. Well, so I'm gorgeous. super excited. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to get to that in the weather. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> weather people lie. Well, it's supposed to be nice this week, too. Stop raining on my Saturday. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> not raining on it. So, well, great. We look forward to seeing everybody at... Uh, at the walk next week, this or this weekend. So, all right. If there's nothing else, we'll move on to the first news story this week. Walt Disney Company has chosen George Caligridis to repay, replace Ed Greer as president of the Disneyland Resort in California. Caligridis has been with the company for 38 years, starting as a busboy at the Contemporary, working his way up the corporate ladder, eventually serving in several executive roles, including chief operating officer for Disneyland Resort Paris, Senior Vice President of Resort Operations for Disneyland and the Vice President of Travel Operations at Walt Disney World. And he has experience in operations, sales, and human resources. So we've got another human resources person. That was my first reaction because I knew him from Travel Company. Mm -hmm. My first reaction was, oh, great. Someone from Travel Company is going to be running a park, but he does have quite a bit of park experience. Yeah, he does. He was at Epcot for the Millennium Celebration. And he knows how to bust a table. He does, so (laughs) it's very important. But he's one of these guys who's worked his way up through the company, so... You got to to appreciate that. You know, if if nothing else, you've got to appreciate somebody that goes from being a busboy at the Contemporary to president of Disneyland. That's a pretty cool career, you know? If you can dream it, you can... Oh boy, you're just—you're not going to be happy to like spew all over this table. <laughs> she does. She needs like. She actually. She needs I think pixie dust music. She might need this. <laughs> you can she might have to go from John to her. <laughs> she needs pan flute music. I don't oh, have no. any of that queued up. I'm sorry. But um, all right, our next news story: Walt Disney World is working with the U.S. Mint. I, I don't know what to think of this on a program to help get $1 coins into circulation beginning October 18th, which is, what, this coming Sunday. Uh, Merchandise and food and beverage locations in the Magic Kingdom's Liberty Square will be giving back $1 coins as change. There are currently several types of dollar coins being circulated by the Mint, and it certainly will be interesting to see if uh, this gets expanded beyond just, you know, one, one area in one theme park. Um... Just don't make them the same size as a quarter. 
well, beyond that, I, I don't know. I'm one of those people that just despises carrying change. I hate having. I'll throw change away. I don't know how Disney's going to make this work when the post office couldn't. For the longest time, the post office was giving back one dollar coins, especially if you bought stamps in their machines, mm-hmm. and it's just a mess. Well, I know because you know out in Australia, right. you know those guys are are real big on giving one dollar and two dollars or two dollars and all those coins and. But those are edible. That I found that I found that I found that amazingly annoying. Always having all that change on me. Well, but then you don't have a wad of ones in your wallet. But the ones are the thin. Ones. Yeah. coins are thick and round, and they don't fit. <laughs> Doing <laughs> well. Wow. I'm saying, like, Ooh, okay. for, for my wallet in particular, if if I have a whole bunch of those, I can't zip the little change thing. Did you get a little flashback of what Corey's life is at home? <laughs> <laughs> I hate the coins. Stop <laughs> with the coins. I mean, well, I, you know, I like nickels, dimes, quarters, but when you already have a paper dollar bill, why do you need it's, a coin? I, I know it's. And then I Kevin's right because then they were like the same size as quarters. They made those Sacagawea dollars. Sacagawea, Except they were gold, Susan so you could Anthony. tell them apart. I'm colorblind. It was just shiny. <laughs> And you had to sit there and look at them, and then the, it, they used to have George Washington on yeah. them, and now they've got like other stuff on them. And, and you thought they were Canadian money, and you just threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see how many people he can insult. I'm going for it. How many today. nationalities he can insult in one show. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see if that program uh, survives or if people start complaining. I, I, can, I can imagine people going, uh, no, give me a dollar bill. So I hope these, uh, these food locations have plenty of dollar bills on hand. Right, and are you going to get four of them if you spend not one dollar out of a ten? Yeah, so you're you going to get a five and four of these. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. Unless I start it. making five dollar coins, <laughs> you're going to need a bigger change first. <laughs> now there was there Note was a, that Corey. There was a news story I came across this morning, which I thought was was really interesting. I I, I don't uh, know exactly what this is supposed to be, but apparently Walt Disney World is looking for a twin town. Somewhere in the UK, um, I, I don't know. You know, you know how well you know how uh, cities will have sister cities oh. in other countries. I guess that's what they're doing. They're looking for a a town. They, they want people in the UK to submit entries, uh, explaining why their town would be a great like twin twin town to Walt Disney World. The brain test that cut the chairs, the backs off the chairs must have had nothing to do. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, they want to know, how does your town celebrate its traditions? How does your town appeal to people of all ages? How does your town look to the future? Uh, how is your town family friendly? And who's your town's inspirational person? And from this, they are going to... Uh, uh, they're, they're trying to find this, you know, like I said, this, this twin town. Twinned is the word they're using, T-W-I-N-N-E-D. Um, and the entry that wins, that family will get a trip to Disney World. Mm. And uh, so that we'll, we'll have a, a link to it on the, on the show this- notes page. This is in the U.K., they're looking for a town in the United Kingdom, in Great Britain, I guess. So I guess the town will like get a sign that says Walt Disney World's twin? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they'll do fireworks every night. Maybe they'll up the price of water and soft drinks. <laughs> Cut the backs off the chairs. Cut the backs off the chairs. dollar coins. Raise the price of parking. <laughs> Have you read the, ta- the entries they've received so far? No, you haven't. 
Newquay, Leeds, and Reagent. The big towns in London, apparently, in, in the UK. I've apparently. heard of Leeds. I've never heard of the other I've two. I've never heard of the other two. I don't even know if I'm saying I'm right. <laughs> Name another big town in London, or in England, besides London. Liverpool. Not Thank you. you. <laughs> Sorry. Your turn. Name another one. You know what I'm talking about. I don't need to, I need to prove myself to you. Uh, <laughs> Are you getting a glimpse of what uh, John's life is? <laughs> <laughs> it's constant quiz time. <laughs> Poor John. Yeah, really. Are you testing him so he doesn't get Alzheimer's too I early? His, I bought him his own buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to him in the form of a question. <laughs> now, this competition is running until the 22nd of November. And like I said, we'll have, uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. But I just thought it was interesting that they were, you know, looking for something like this. I don't know what they're going to do with it, though. I think it's weird. It is kind mm-hmm. of odd. And on, while we're on the topic of odd... John forwarded me a YouTube a link to a YouTube video this week that, while I seriously doubt it is real, it's pretty creepy. Did anybody else look at this? Oh, the ghost one? The ghost one. Yeah. Um, it appears to show someone videotaping a computer screen showing four different security camera shots uh, at night within Disneyland. On one corner of the screen is the Haunted Mansion, and if you pay attention, you see what appears to be an apparition walking out of the Haunted Mansion, literally through the gates, and into the park. Now, as I said, I doubt seriously this is real, but it's extremely creative, whoever did it. And I think, honestly, I think that, you know, this Disney might be behind it as a way to just generate some buzz. Viral marketing. Some viral marketing uh, leading up to... uh, I did not watch it because I'm scared of things like that. It's very typical. Are you running it? 264,000 views already. This is going to be real viral. Yep. It's very typical. Um, At 264,000 views, it already is. You know? See right there. Of what you see when they represent a ghost, it's sort of that, you know, there's the white light, but there's also a, a trail above it and below it, and it's walking through the park. My, my big issue I have with it is at one point it stops to pick up trash. No, it doesn't. It does, too. Watch it. It walks along the, the road and stops and picks up a piece of trash. <laughs> That's how the park stays so clean. <laughs> Take it for what it is. Maybe it's Walt cleaning up the park. I don't know. Dude, you made that up. I did not see it pick up trash. Watch it. Follow the thing the whole way through and watch it bend down and pick it up It does up. not. You're lying. <laughs> You're lying. Find it on that video. I want to see it on that video. I want to see this thing. I'm watching it. I'm... I don't see him picking up trash. At one point, it sort of stops and crouches and, and does something. Don't want to offend the apparition. Really? It may be transgendered. <laughs> I don't know. You got to point this out. We have to get John Edwards. Tranny ghost. <laughs> what a great series that would be. <laughs> we could send it to the Dragon Boat Race. <laughs> <laughs> Tranny ghost tonight on HGTV. <laughs> oh Lord, we get RuPaul to host it. <laughs> I better, I better wrap this up before okay. this goes any further. We will have a link. We will have a link to this video on the show notes page as well. Podcast.wdwinfo.com, uh, where these conversations go. Um, that will do it for the news uh, this week, folks. We'll move on to the weather, and it looks like. The end of the heat may be in, in within our reach, according to uh, 
according to the weather, uh, weather.com, temperatures this weekend, the 17th and the 18th of October, will be dropping down into the upper 50s, low 60s at night. And depending on who you listen to right now, highs during the day will be anywhere from 75 to 85. I'll take either mm-hmm. with no humidity. That would be... But it looks like at least maybe the beginning finally of fall is coming. But they said that was going to happen this week. Well, they, they got They were a week off. Okay, they were a week <laughs> off. It's, so, just, it's been brutal this week. Just even now, getting out of the car. I said to him, I said, I don't want to get out of the car. It's you like, need like an air conditioned bubble. It is. It's, cr- it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it shouldn't be this hot uh, this far into October, but... You know, who knows what's going on. But at least it looks like if you're coming down the next 10 days, uh, you can expect more temperate weather. Uh, the humidity shouldn't be as bad. Um, you know, we keep seeing these lows going down into the 60s. That's nice. It's a good start. So um, if you're coming down, you're going to have some good weather. So that'll do it for the weather. We will move on to rapid fire. And who would like to go first? Oh, Teresa is... Start over here in the cheap seats. having a fit. She's having, she's having a fit back there. I got a good one. Back in the nosebleed seats. The one you, none of you will care about. Can I go first? Did you pick me? Already, yeah. <laughs> okay. Is she needy or what? Oh, <laughs> Lord in heaven. Okay. Gator Hollow at Gatorland. Ready for this? Does it require porn voice? Yeah. <laughs> Gator Hollow. Gator that's, my that's my scary voice. Okay, listen. Oh, when night oh wait. Fa- that's the same one she uses when she does the whole I'm sexy thing. <laughs> well, sexy, scary, same sexy, thing. It's all the same thing. Okay. When night falls, evil rises inside Gator Hollow at Gatorland. During select nights in October, the swamp will be invaded <laughs> Stop. by hostile aliens and hordes of the undead. You will find yourself trapped between two terrifying evils as they challenge each other for the ultimate prize, you and the rest of mankind. Venture deep inside the swamp as you flee. This is a little over the top of Gatorland, don't you think? <laughs> Listen. What are they Ven- venture deep inside the swamp. a clown outfit on one of the gators? <laughs> as you flee from zombies, extraterrestrial warriors, and other ghastly threats, all while surrounded by the hundreds of gators who inhabit the murky waters. Look, for the, look for the strings. If fear is not in, in your vocabulary, gates open at 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. nightly, October 16th, 17th, 23rd, and 24th. Gator Hollow Tours is not included with daytime park admission. The fee to enter is $10 plus tax per person, adult, or child. Please be aware that some of the elements of the evening may not be considered too intense for young children. No mask or costume is allowed. Got it? Cool. Mm. I think we need to send Max the intern to that with a video camera. Because I think it's going to be the cheesiest thing Do ever. Think it's just, it's only this weekend and next weekend. Well, it's Gatorland. But still, you're in the swamp. Did you it, say there's going to be extraterrestrial lawyers? This is the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> would be scary, wouldn't it? I don't know. So far, this is the only one that really sounds scary. There are alligators in things. <laughs> it's actually in in the woods in the swamp, though. That's what kind of creeps it out for me. I yeah. saw it advertised so on TV. <laughs> I, know, I saw it advertised on TV. I that would be cool. creepy. Wouldn't it be creepy? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not in the happy world of Disney. You're not over at SeaWorld with the sea monkeys. You're doing this. Crap. It'd be more <laughs> interesting. <Sea monkeys. laughs> it would be way more interesting oh. if they made you like walk oh, through Lord. the actual gators while you're looking at all this stuff. You have to fight for your life as well as your soul. The poisonous snakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pregnancy makes you dark. <laughs> We're not handing out candy this year to kids. We'll <laughs> tell you what she has planned. Come in and I'll save you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, uh, Teresa. Walter? After they sold Bush Gardens and um, SeaWorld. 
Busch Gardens in Tampa and Williamsburg will keep their name. The Clydesdales at SeaWorld in Orlando, San Antonio, and San Diego will eventually be redeployed to other Bush <laughs> Budweiser marketing initiatives. So their days are numbered. So oh, they're no. losing the, uh, the Clydesdales. Clydesdales. Yep, they're going to be well, sad. I know. They're so I love going to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no Clydesdales, no Eat beer. Burgers out of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor horsies. <laughs> no, but when they do send them to, to the glue factory. Okay, they're going to other places. <laughs> they're not going to kill them. They're being deployed. It sounds yeah. like they're going, they're like going to, to Iraq. Deployed yeah. in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> deployed to heaven. <laughs> they're going to a farm. Right, we sent them to a farm. With other so kinds they <laughs> All right, thank you for that, Walter. Kevin, what do you have? I have. I actually am going to, for my rapid fire, I'm going to plug one of our threads on the Diz Unplugged board. For those of our listeners who are into reading, we have a Diz Unplugged book club. It's a sticky at the top of our boards, and we'd like you all to partake. There's a discussion going on all the time of what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, why you liked it, why you didn't like it. Come join us. Cool. Are you like the Oprah? Yes, he is the Oprah of the thread. I am. Kevin's official book club. John Major! (laughs) (laughs) That makes you gale. (laughs) Could be worse. It could be Stedman. (laughs) Yeah, really? Hear that decorator with the beard. Nobody (laughs) got that. I can't think of his name. Never mind. All right. Well, thank you for that. (laughs) Now, there's somebody going to be listening to our show and screaming at their iPod his name. All right. Well, <laughs> it just gets deeper. The hole's getting sure bigger. Does. Uh, mine is about that uh, Disney's retail stores are going to go undergo a major rehab. And I wish they could make up their mind what they want to do with these stores. It's weird, isn't it? It's like close them, open them, now buy, they're sell them, them, buy them back. Right. The plan is to make them more theme park like nature stores. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? Nate Burkus is the name of the designer on Oprah. <laughs> so, like, you got Oprah Tourette's. <laughs> I'm so happy to know you're actually listening to my <laughs> uh, The New York Times is reporting that the Walt Disney Company, with help from Steve Jobs and his retailing team, intends to drastically overhaul its approach to the shopping mall. And Disney is going to get... Um, a reboot of 340 stores in the United States and Europe, as well as opening new ones, including a potential flagship in Times Square. Uh, and they're saying that these are going to be more of an experience and more along the lines of going to a theme park. Well, I'll tell you what. The reason I hope it succeeds is because the Disney stores have been a great um, – have been a great place for Disney fans to go get part-time jobs, get cast member status, um, and you know I, I, when when they started closing the stores down, that's what we heard a lot of on the boards. Where you know, I'm a, I've been a Disney store employee for so many years. You know, I loved it. I hope it succeeds for that reason, if nothing else. But I just hope they get a strategy they can stick with. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for for people who are far away from any of the parks to have a place to go to get that little connection with Disney and see the things that you know bring you back to coming to the parks however in the past they did things like they stopped selling tickets 
They stopped selling gift cards. They stopped the selling worthwhile merchandise. Right. All the merchandise yeah. was the exact same you can get anywhere in Walmart, pretty much. Right. So let's hope they. They did away with their collectibles. It was cheap T-shirts, uh, plushes, and princess costumes. Yeah, exactly. So let's hope. Let's hope. I think that would uh, would do a lot to uh, uh, draw in a lot of fans. So thank you for that, John. Kathy? There's a new character meet and greet at Epcot. Snow White now stands near the wishing well in Germany. Throws children in. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, Throwing so children in? No. <laughs> And the Sum of All Thrills, the new attraction at Interventions, opens on Thursday, and I'll be there. That's that money oh, one? Oh, is this the, the money one? No, this is the banking the, well, one. Well, it's like you use math and you create. Yeah, you'll you can lo- do like a roller coaster. You can do a roller coaster. There's four things you can do. You take the chip and you put it on this robot arm, and it's supposed to show you how your creation worked. But I'm not too sure if you're part of this because I'm a wimp and if I'm designing a roller coaster or something I don't want to actually I want to see you be grabbed by a robot armed (laughs) (laughs) so I have to check it out but it sounds interesting it's supposed this robot arm is supposed to be state-of-the-art this robot arm has never been used anywhere else so it's a biggie okay huh (laughs) all right well thank you for that Kathy Julie the Children's Miracle Network Golf Classic. It's being presented by Walmart this year, November 15th through the 16th. Um, it'll be the PGA Tour professionals and amateurs that they're going to play on Disney's Palm and Disney's Magnolia Golf Courses. Ticket information can be um, found at childrensmiraclenetworkclassic.com. You can also order tickets there. I tried to go there and find out how much the tickets were. Guess what? The site wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that always the way? Yeah, it was fun. Real fun. I have a quick, we went to Epcot last Wednesday for Corey's birthday, and I just wanted to share this story because I'm sure I'm not the only person who's done something like this. Um, We were going to buy some soy sauce dishes. We use them at home all the time, and inevitably they get broken somehow or another. Well, (laughs) I was picking some out, and I picked one up, and I dropped it, and I broke it in Mitsukoshi in Japan. I'm like, you can only handle the bouncing balls from here on out. Yeah. Did you have well, to pay for it? I felt so bad because, you know, I am kind of clumsy and things like that. But I did read it's because of the pregnancy. So blame the baby. <laughs> <laughs> they say you're more clumsy at this point for some reason. It's like really? you're all thumbs. Mm-hmm. I must have been pregnant We're going to have to put carpet in our years. kitchen. <laughs> What's that? We're going to have to put carpet in our kitchen. She keeps dropping everything. Apparently I've been pregnant for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Thank you for that, Julie. Corey Patrick. I just want to remind everybody about the annual Festival of the Masters happening at Downtown Disney, November 13th to the 15th. Uh, it takes place at uh, Downtown Disney Westside. features works, um, artwork mediums such as photography, glasswork, painting, sculptures, prints, drawings, jewelry, leather and wood, mixed media, collage, and digital art. And there's also the uh, Chark Artist at the Marketplace. Very, very fun event. Oh, it's a great thing to go yeah. visit. Yeah. Have you seen anything about the the winner this year or the poster this year? No, I didn't. I always look forward to that. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. We're going to move on. And Kevin Close has a review of the new Cat Cora restaurant, Cuisina, over at Disney's Boardwalk. Kevin, what did you think? Um, I First of all, I think there's a curse on Cuisina, at least as far as I'm concerned. We had This is our second reservation. Uh, the first time... 
we were supposed to go, I found out that day that I had to uh, have eye surgery again. So I had to cancel the reservation. So we went the other day, and I'm not at all impressed with Cat's Restaurant. In my opinion, they haven't changed the decor of Spoodles all that much. It's a nice big space. However, I it it's deafeningly loud. I thought I was the only one noticing it. However, there were six of us at dinner, and all six of us complained about the noise level. And there was a table sitting next to us. It was two adults and eight children under the age of ten. Whoa. And they were literally screaming for no reason. One of them would just sit there and let out this blood-curdling scream. And there's not a lot of fabric in this restaurant. The tables are not covered with tablecloths. They're hard. The chairs are are wood. Nothing at all to absorb the sound. Nothing at all to absorb the sound. And the underlying sound was just restaurant noise. But they also have an open kitchen, so that adds to it. However, it was very crowded the night we were there, and it was just deafening. Now, I also have to apologize to Chris and Tracy Heinrichs and their son, Ben. Chris and Tracy are uh, sl- Chris's uh, slap whitey on the boards, and Tracy is TMLI. And they had dinner with us that night, and I recorded a segment with them on their the handheld recorder, and that's home on my dining room table. So I apologize to them up front for not having it with me. We made our, I made our reservation our ADR a couple of days in advance. I had no trouble getting a reservation for six people at seven o'clock on a Saturday night. Mm. So it wasn't it wasn't difficult to and do. That was this past Saturday night. So okay, but a couple of days in advance. I mean, it wasn't like it was weeks in advance. It right. Was, I made it on a Wednesday yeah. for Saturday night. Now it was very crowded. I, uh, apparently, it filled up after I made the reservation. But getting a table for six at seven p.m. seemed Kind of easy. However, we did wait a very long time for our table. Right. And uh, one of the hostesses, I, we had our mom, we had my mom with me, and she's in a wheelchair. And she walked over to me, and she looked my mom up and down, and she said to me, can she be transported? And I thought, well, yeah, she's on wheels. <laughs> you think we got her here? <laughs> she said, now, my mom's sitting there looking at me like, why is she talking to you and not talking to me? Then she says to me, well... Does she come out of that chair? <laughs> no, she's attached to it permanently. Uh, of course she comes out of the chair. Well, does she want to sit on one of our chairs? And I thought, this is really an odd line of questioning. Do you want to know if she's going to stay in the chair or move? She's going to stay in her own chair. And she kind of rolled her eyes at me and walked away. And I never saw her again, so I don't know what that was about. Oddly but- enough, though, I went up to, to check us in, and I said, we have f- five people plus one person in a wheelchair, and we need a table because the person is going to stay in the wheelchair. I always try to tell them that up front. Right. So for her not to have that information and to act so weird about it, it was definitely off-putting. So it was no big deal. We got seated at our table, and um, our waiter was named after one of the characters in the TV show Lost. It was Saeed. It was Saeed. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even... I was lost on me. <laughs> he wasn't even amused when I asked him if he tortured prisoners, but... Um, <laughs> Every time he was late for, to come back with stuff at the table, I asked him if he was checking the hatch. <laughs> this is really funny if you watch Lost. If you don't, it's not. <laughs> uh, the menu is... I'm pretty sure even if you do watch it, it's not that funny. <laughs> uh, the menu is pretty extensive. It's There's um, 
appetizers and soup and salad and main courses and side dishes. And it comes with its own glossary. It describes each item. And there's most of it I can't pronounce. Uh, my experience with Greek food, and the, the, the restaurant is mostly Greek food, is pretty much baklava and spanakopita. But other than that, I don't have a whole lot of Greek food experience. Feta, Greek <laughs> salad, that kind of thing. So this was kind of new to me. We started with the Cuisina Sampler. It's a choice of two skewers with marinated olives, spiced cashews, and I'm going to probably pronounce these things wrong. So dolmades, tzatziki, hummus, and grilled pita. Now your choice of skewers are shrimp, spiced gulf prawns, spiced I'm sorry, sesame lamb, meatballs, and all-natural chicken. They describe this as serving two, and it's $17.99. Now, I have pictures of this. You get two meatballs, and they're about the size of... They have the diameter of a quarter. You get about three mouthfuls of chicken, three olives... Six cashews, I actually counted, two dolmades, which are grape leaves stuffed with uh, rice, and tzatziki and hummus, and you get about a teaspoon of each of those. I was shocked and appalled. Now, John ordered this. He, it said serve two, and there were six of us, but we figured this would give everybody a taste. You should have seen us trying to divide two meatballs for six people. This is $18 worth of food. Mm. Um, it wasn't bad. However, it's kind of hard to actually see any value in something when you realize that this is a huge, huge ripoff. $18 for about 70 cents worth of food is ridiculous. We also ordered uh, something called the Cuisina spreads, which were harissa yogurt, kalamata fig, and chickpea hummus with grilled pita. And we ordered something, uh, the brick oven bread, which was caramelized onions, olives, and roasted sweet peppers on a bread about the size of your hand. This was a nice topping. I'm going to be honest, that was very, very tasty. But again, by the time we got it, we had ordered one for the table. This is enough for one person. And we had to divide it up between six people so Mm. everybody could have a taste of it. We spent about $30 on appetizers and probably each got two mouthfuls of food. Mm. Not a lot of food. Uh, We moved on to soup, and their signature soup is something called Avgolmemno. Or Avgolmenno. It's a tra- this is fun. I feel like Bob's at the table. <laughs> no, really? I apologize. I don't know how to. It's A V G O L E M M N O. It's traditional egg lemon soup with chicken and rice. It was seven ninety nine. Not a big hit. Uh, we moved on. Uh, one person at our table ordered the. Uh, oak. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Chris, Chris Heinrichs, he had the the Greek lasagna. John ordered the char-grilled hamburger. 
It was a lamb burger. Uh, I'm sorry, the char-grilled lamb burger. Someone else ordered the lamb shank. And we also had the... Tracy ordered the flank steak. The flank steak. My mom and I ordered before our appetizers came, and we were going to split a meal. So we ordered a second one of the Cuisina samplers, thinking that we would split this as our dinner. Now, that appetizer was the same course, the same price as pretty much everybody else's entree. So we figured it had to be pretty hefty. It's the same price as an entree. We'll split that as our dinner. And had the, you know, we could get the chicken kebab, and it was kind of simple. We figured we'll try it, get a taste of what's going on. Uh, I went around the table. Chris said his lasagna, which is described as bucatini pasta, cinnamon stewed meat sauce, and bechamel. It was tubes of pasta, like a drinking straw, and it had a meat sauce. However, the meat sauce had cinnamon in it. It was roasted with cinnamon. I tasted it. (laughs) The bechamel sauce also had a sweetener in it. He described it as lasagna cheesecake. Mm. It was vile. He kept kept pushing at it and thinking, uh, this is going to be good. Tracy had a flank steak, and her flank steak was $22.99. I said to her, is it delicious flank steak? She said, no. It's okay. I said, does it have anything weird on it? She said, no, it's steak. And that was served with herb salsa and cuisine potatoes, which are potatoes. Uh, ben, and that was small, too. That was, was like a small. two by four piece of steak. Was ben, Chris and Tracy's son, ordered the lamb shank served with oven-baked gigante beans and pepper sauce. And I'm not sure he knew exactly what he ordered when he ordered it. And he got it at the table, and he kept taking pieces of it off and putting it on a different plate. And then he would look at it for a while, and he would try it. He finally seemed to realize that it wasn't bad. I kept saying to him, Ben, do you like it? And saying, I think he was trying to be polite, because he was at dinner with people that we had decided, his family had decided to come to dinner with us. (laughs) And he kept trying to make me think it was okay. I think he was trying to please me. He'd say it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I think it shocked him because it was kind of like in the opening of the Flintstones where they put the big rib on the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this giant bone shows up on your plate. A little tiny bit of meat on it. Um, we again got a second one of these uh, Cuisine samplers. And after they had brought the first one out, I had asked about canceling the second one and was told it was too late. You couldn't cancel now i didn't know why you couldn't cancel there was not all that much preparation involved (laughs) we also ordered a bunch of the sides we ordered the cuisine smashed garlic fried potatoes we ordered the herbed orzo we ordered the sauteed brussels sprouts with capers and lemon the and we ordered i i'm i'm a fan of beets I don't realize that you're not. <laughs> However, no, I, I, I don't I, mind beets. I don't want them on my hamburger. I, you don't want to be surprised by them. If you're going to be, I don't beet, want them on my burger. You don't want them jumping out at you from behind the couch. Exactly. <laughs> these sounded. Really, I actually don't mind beets at all. I, just, I really like beets, and these sounded particularly. <laughs> trying to good. appease the beet council. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like beets. There's no beets on hamburgers. Beets are neat. <laughs> These were chilled, salt-roasted beets with scordalia. 
And cold I asked, beets, gross. No, see, I like beets. I like beets cold. I like beets pickled. I like them hot. I just like okay, beets. green eggs and ham. <laughs> exactly. These came. I asked him what they were, and they were they roast the beets on a layer of salt, and then peel them. They chop them up, and then pickle them, and they put them on a hockey puck of cold garlic mm. mashed potatoes. Ew. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my mom had two bowls of the kids' menu chicken noodle soup. Because <laughs> as the food started to come out, she's like, I'm not eating any of this. <laughs> I'm not eating any of it. And our entree was so small, she said, if I take a bite of any of it, you're going home hungry. So, Or we're going to have to stop at Burger King. So my mom got two bowls of chicken noodle soup off the kids' menu. She described that as pretty good. <laughs> um... I can tell you that while everybody was, again, trying to be polite, the noise in this restaurant was such that you couldn't hold a conversation. The food came out, in my opinion, it was grossly overpriced for the amount of food you got. The food was not hot. It was not served in a timely fashion. We waited a long time for our food. And when you finally got it, I don't think any... I kept saying to everybody, because I wanted to see what everybody else thought, did anybody here have anything that they would walk out and think, I would order that again? And there was one thing that got everybody's attention, and that was the Brussels sprouts with lemon and capers and a little bit of butter and a little bit of cheese on top of them. If you're not a Brussels sprout fan, I'm not going to convince you. However, they were quite good, and they were $5.49. I kind of like the salt roasted beets. However, it looked like a little tart because it comes out on this little um, disc of potatoes and then the beets are all cut up and stood up on end. So it looks like you've got a raspberry tart. And I kept passing it around the table and everybody kept rolling their eyes and looking at me and going, no, thank you. We had the orzo, which was... Oh, that's right. We had the orzo. Which was like underdone rice and it, it was just awful. Greek olive oil and caseri cheese. I tasted no cheese in it. I tasted a little bit of olive oil and some lemon. In my opinion, John's right. It was a dry rice dish or a pasta dish that just both of them went back. Neither one of them were eaten. So that should tell you something. With six people who were hungry, two of the sides went back. I liked my lamb burger. I thought it was really good. It was very spicy. So if you like spicy food, you should order that. Um, I didn't think mine was as bad as some of the other things that came out. What was on your hamburger or your lamb burger? It was like I don't know. It's, it's there. It's a tzatziki or whatever it is. Or olive, I love that sauce. Feta and tzatziki sauce. I love that sauce. And it so it was like spicy. La- it was spicy lamb with a cold, right? With a cold, sweet, almost sauce on top. I mean, it was really good. So. After all this was said and done, and I think our waiter was annoyed that we wouldn't order our entrees until our appetizers came, that seemed to bother him. Too bad. You know, Saeed's going to get over this, okay? <laughs> I'm sure he's forgotten about it. However, he made it, you, we sh- you should order now. We're busy. And I thought, well, we're not. Bye. Come back when we get our appetizers. Because otherwise, we're going to have our appetizers and our entrees and our yep. desserts. Right. All at the All same, same time. time. Yep, absolutely. Right. So we actually were intrepid after our not-so-successful meal, and we went on to dessert. <laughs> John got the... Lamb you, ice cream. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the spicy lamb ice cream. I got the baklava. John got the baklava. And two people got the warm chocolate cake with sweet whipped cream. They said it was good. It was chocolate cake. It was, and it was warm, and it had a liquidy center, so I, they both said it was okay. I ordered something called the Luca Mods. Keep calling the Luca Brazzis. <laughs> <laughs> they were freshly made Greek donuts drizzled with warm honey. And sounds good, right? It? Yeah. Sounds like sopapillas. Okay, doesn't it sound? I don't know what that is, but sopapillas. It's a Mexican dessert, which is this basically the same thing. Okay, this was really bread dough. Fried in olive oil and drizzled with honey, and then served with non-dairy coffee creamer, I think, to dip them in, (laughs) and a jar or a little bowl of red stuff that I can only describe as if you've ever had sweet and sour chicken or sweet and sour pork. Oh no! It's the red sauce that comes with sweet and sour chicken, and (laughs) sweet and sour sauce, right? I jokingly said to the table, does anybody want a sweet and sour donut? And they all laughed because that's what it looked like. And everybody tasted it. And Chris actually said, this is like Chinese donuts. <laughs> like sweet and sour donuts. They were dreadful. They were just dreadful. How big were they? Was it like little donut holes? Were, yeah, like the size of a Dunkin' Munchkin or a donut hole or something like that. And you got four or five of them. And they looked really good. And they sounded really good. And it was just oh, so disappointing. Um, we also ordered the Greek cookies sampler. It's a selection of the Cora family favorites. This was uh, $5.99. Chips Ahoy. You got four <laughs> cookies. Tim Tams. No. I just, is that what I just had? Did I have a Tim Tam? No, you had, no, you had a, a Flemington. Lamington. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I called them flip flops. I called them. <laughs> that was much better than what I had. It was $6 for four cookies. What did you say Were about Were they big? No, they were like regular cookies. He said, apparently, Cat Cora's family shopped at Publix. <laughs> <laughs> you know at Christmas when you get that box of cookies and there's the little round one with the, the cherry piece oh, stuck no. to the top? I do not like, like those. Christmas, it was like mass-produced Christmas cookies. And then there like. was a real thin slice of one that was like um, a biscuit drizzled with chocolate. And there were four of them for $6. That's a a buck fifty. Okay. Yeah, to sit and do the math. That's sad. That's really sad. It was Just, sad. Is it that some attraction at Epcot? If I go do the math thing? Yeah. I have bad eyes. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, we keep talking about Tim Tams, but none have made their way over here yet. Pass the Tim Tams. Who's got them? They're in front of Teresa, aren't they? Of course, of course they are. But she's pulling like a handful out before she sent them over here. <laughs> Boy, you should dug in like of my last chance. Let me take as many out as we can. Kathy from Australia brought Australian goodies. Thank you, Max, the intern. They're really good. They are good. Yes, thank you, you, Max, for taking them away. After we were done, the check came, and for six of us. Now, that's one, two people splitting an appetizer as an entree. So there's two entrees that were not chosen. And two bowls of chicken noodle soup from the kids' menu. No alcohol, couple of appetizers, entrees, and dessert. With the tables in Wonderland card for the six of us, the check was over three hundred dollars. Whoa! Oh my gosh! Jeez! And all of us—I don't know about Tracy and Chris and Ben—the three of us went home and had dinner because we were all still hungry. What'd you have? <laughs> we had like turkey sandwiches and we had turkey sandwiches when we got home. That was just no wine, no. 
No wine. No alcohol. Diet Coke. Uh, Diet Coke. Uh, I think there was a lemonade. I think there was an iced tea at the table. No alcohol. Um, four or five appetizers for six people. Uh, four entrees. And then another so about fifty bucks a person. Fifty that's, bucks a person, and but, that's, but for yeah. horrible, horrible food. Well, I mean, just. But I'm saying, you're basically I'm paying for Cat Cora's name. Generally speaking, that's pretty average for dinner at Disney. Fifty dollars a head. Well, they describe this as a moderately priced family restaurant. No, not at fifty dollars a head. That's that's, that's after your discount. I really don't even know who Cat Cora is. You don't know who Cat no. Cora is? I said at the restaurant, I wouldn't know her if she was in the restaurant. I, I could trip over her and not know who she was. But for that price, her, Kat Cora should have danced at our table. <laughs> <laughs> I, exactly. For that price, she should have sat in the middle of the table and told us about what we were eating. <laughs> <laughs> I've had Greek food before. I've definitely had Greek food, and this was... Um, like pretentious Greek food is what this was. It wasn't that I didn't like the food. I did. I didn't like a lot of the way it was prepared. I mean, it was you, prepared sloppily. You ate a lot of what was in front of you because it was in front of you. You never. I don't think you. There was anything you picked up that you enjoyed, except for the Brussels sprouts and the. Beets. I like the Brussels sprouts and the beets, and I could have had that for ten bucks. That's sad. Now, do you have? Uh, you know, you said at the beginning that you really haven't eaten a lot of. Greek food? Do you think just maybe you're not someone who's a fan of Greek food, generally speaking? It, it wasn't that. That's what I was just saying. It does. It wasn't that any of the flavors were um, something I disliked. It was very, very small portions, poorly prepared. I mean, I had a chicken skewer that was all the chicken on the skewer wasn't as big as my index finger. Can I ask a question? Maybe. Um I mean, everybody supersizes. Maybe she's just not supersizing like we're used to. Seventeen dollars. She better supersize. Yeah. Now, I, if it was just me who walked away from this meal saying it wasn't good, I would think, okay, I don't really know that much about Greek food. Maybe I just was uneducated. However, there were six of us. I don't know if I can pull the file off of the recording device. Do you think I can do that and get yeah. it to you? We'll try to get. Uh, Chris and Tracy and Ben's input because theirs was pretty much the exact same thing as what we said. If it was if it was just me, I would say this was an anomaly. However, there were six of us who thought the experience wasn't good. And one of the questions I kept asking them was, "If you were here on vacation, would you come back and eat here?" And they all said no. I said, "Is it because the food wasn't good? Is it because it was out of the way?" They said there was nothing on the menu. That enticed them to come back and do it again. There's so many other places. That we Can I see the menu? Said. Absolutely. Isn't the whole thing, though, that she's supposed to put her spin on Greek exactly. dishes? Exactly. Like I said, I've eaten Greek food before. This was somewhat Greek, but it was also very, I call it pretentious, but it's apparently her concept of what Greek food is. Well, the thing that sucks is Spoodles was a good restaurant. Yeah, I like Spoodles. So they left it at Spoodles. That would have been better. But this restaurant was crowded, and there were people being turned away, and there was a line out the door to check in. So, have you eat? Did you eat at Spoodles when it was there? Mm-hmm. A couple times, yeah. And you like that as compared to to this? I do. I thought it was a better restaurant. At the end of Spoodles' life, it kind of went downhill. Spoodles changed their menu a couple of times, and there was one incarnation of their menu that I wasn't crazy about. But for the most part, yeah, I thought Spoodles was great. I. I would never go back to this restaurant. There was nothing about it that I found appealing. I didn't find the experience appealing. I didn't find it warm and inviting. I found it loud and obnoxious. I found the food 
Hmm. I thought this sounded like a good place. I mean, just reading the, what I've seen the menu before and all. I wasn't I wasn't overly excited for it because it was Greek food, and I'm not a fan of Greek See, food. I like, I like Greek food. So I thought that... So, in my opinion, you can do better for less elsewhere. For that much money, you could take the boat across the lake and eat at the Yachtsman Steakhouse. You could go to Le Cellier for this. You could go to... Um, Citrico's or the Cali Grill or Narcosis for $50 a person and come out full. This to me is high priced and not worth the time or the money. Oh, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. Sorry that it wasn't a better experience. Now, John, you said your segment had to follow the restaurant review, so... Here is John with his worst thing in the world. What is it this week? I'll just give a little background for folks who Mr. might Mr. Get Off My Lawn. <laughs> exactly. Um, for those who don't know what my segment is or don't remember, we were at uh, downtown Disney one day, and we had, a, we had a snack off of a snack cart, and it turned out to be absolutely disgusting. So that's where... It was Italian ice that tasted like sucrets. Exactly what it was. So that's where the idea of the worst thing in the world came from. That was my first worst thing in the world. Worst snack cart item. Eating in cuisine, I have found my second worst thing in the world. Um, I'm a big soup fan. I like soup. I like soup before meals. Doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees here in Orlando. I'll still order soup. There are restaurants I go to just for their soup. There are restaurants we say have the best soup in the world. Cucina officially has the worst soup ever made on the planet in the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to oversell it. I'm not going to oversell it. Uh, it was their soup that Kevin couldn't pronounce. It's traditional egg lemon soup with chicken and rice. Okay, first you start with the pretentious presentation where they bring you the bowl that's empty. Except for a couple of twigs and branches in the bottom. <laughs> then Saheed comes over <laughs> with a coffee urn. Not a fancy vessel, not a pitcher, a coffee urn. And pours this white creamy liquid into the bowl about a third of the way up on this tiny little bowl. And that's your soup. Ta-da! <laughs> Don't get full. Because more meals coming, so we all take a. So uh, two of us at the at the table ordered the soup, and we both took a, a taste of the soup, and it was one of those things where it was so bad you had to take another bite because you thought there has to be something wrong with me. <laughs> this is so awful. There must be something wrong with my mouth. It tasted as if lemons could produce sweat. <laughs> It was like a mixture of lemons and body odor. It was the absolute most disgusting thing ever. Lemons and body odor. So after a couple of spoonfuls, you think to yourself, okay, I have to give up. This is just atrocious. This is the worst thing I've ever eaten in the world. So we get we laugh about it, and when we get past it, and we get the rest of our meal going, as we get dessert, the couple at the next table order the soup. And I see Saeed bring over the bowl of soup <laughs> to the woman. And I nudge everybody. Well, let's watch. Let's watch her face. So she comes over and he pours the soup in the bowl. And she takes this thing. And she's all happy. And she takes a bite. And immediately her face sinks. <laughs> it doesn't sink. It made that little, ooh, this tastes bad face. Ooh. And she did what we did. 
She took another spoonful. <laughs> as in, it can't possibly be me. And you can see her shove it to her dining companion. Oh, as in, I'm man. not eating this. You can have it. it yeah, was- we had the two bowls of soup. And when John described it as lemons and B.O., everybody else thought, well, let me try it. Well, we passed the two bowls around the table, and everybody said the same thing. This is- if you tell me something tastes like lemon and B.O., I am not tasting it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the milk is sour. You want to try it? <laughs> this is horrible. Taste it. Try it. So the, what, the bowls sat there, and our waiter took them off the menu. And he off the ne- bill. Off the bill. Not off the menu, excuse me. He never said to us, is there a problem with the soup? Was there something wrong with it? He walks by our table, looks down, and goes, oh, you don't like this, right? I'll take it off your belt. And I thought, Saeed's heard this before. Yeah. Yeah. This was goes in the back. We have another one. (laughs) Lemons and B.O. Um, You would think lemon chicken soup would be good. There's some sweaty guy in the back, like squeezing his armpit hair into the soup. Oh, 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 rings the lemon through it first. <laughs> That's how they squeeze the lemons. <laughs> this was repulsive. It was really, it was disgusting. So that's my second worst thing in the world. That's the only soup they had, too, huh? Well, no, there's another one with red peppers and hummus. There's, hummus is a big thing. Yeah, it's big Greek. Yeah, it's roasted pepper and chickpea soup with hummus. I probably should have tried that instead, but it just the first one sounded interesting. Well, it was. Yeah. I mean, you think like lemon chicken or something. All right. Well, thank you for that, John. Uh, while we were taking a break, we were actually talking about some things that we didn't cover in uh, Rapid Fire this week. And uh, so I thought I'd open it up and let you guys talk about some of that stuff. I know, John, you had some stuff. Kathy, you had some stuff. Yeah, there's a lot, there was a lot of stuff going on, and I don't think we had a chance to really get everything covered. We were trying to get through Rapid Fire. But um, one of the things that uh, we announced on the site is that parking has gone up at Disney. The valet parking has gone up to $14 to valet park. And uh, one of the other big changes is that DVC members no longer can valet park for free at a DVC resort. That perk has been taken away from DVC members. Unreal. That's kind of bad. That is bad. That's a nice perk to have, too. Mm-hmm. However, if you if you are uh, uh, handicapped and have a handicapped parking sticker, it's still for free. And also, uh, Tables in Wonderland gets you free valet parking. You think that's going to change? Probably. I can't believe that they've gotten people to buy into DVC and then take this away. Why Tables in Wonderland? To make it easier to park oh, to, going, yeah. to a resort to eat? Because right, technically you're just going there for the evening for yeah. dinner, so you valet for that short period of time and then you leave. Where maybe a resort guest is going to yeah, valet sure. for several days at a time. Right. Which, again, what, you know, you're taking up a spot in the valet parking area. It's my opinion that Disney is doing this to discourage guests from renting a car. The parking increase does that. If you start, if you're a planner and you start to factor in paying to park, even if you're staying off site, right. that's now a cost as well as the rental car. This encourages you to stay on site. If you're a DVC member and they take away your valet parking privileges, this encourages you to not leave property. And eat somewhere else because you got you don't want to go out to your car. You right. want to just and we all know if you're staying at the boardwalk in the boardwalk DVC property and you have to park in self parking and you're coming back with a twelve pack of coke, you're up the creek because it's like seven miles. Yeah, <laughs> over the bridge. 
So I, it's my opinion that this is Disney's way of discouraging you from leaving property. Could be. Could be. There's also another story this week in the news about how Disney is now uh, finally stepping up for Lightspeed Rail with the uh, caveat that there has to be a station at Walt Disney World. So that's going to be part of it, too. No, that's the only the, the caveat that it's the only station between the airport. Between the airport. Right. right but yeah. there's, it's still going to go out to. It goes past Disney to Tampa. Right, to Tampa. But from the airport, Disney is the first stop. <laughs> not the convention center. Not I drive. Disney. But how many, how many people companies. do you think are going to take a train lugging all their luggage on board this train well, to they get talk to about, Disney? They talk about this in, in this, this article talks about it in respect to Magical Express and how Magical Express was such a success for Disney that they don't see how they could do this without tying it into Magical Express. Well, now, if you take the train, that's your Magical Express and we'll handle your luggage and we'll get you to the resort. Okay. And I, that makes more sense. That's got to cost Disney less money, a high-speed rail p- ticket, as opposed to a bus and a driver. And There's been a great deal of talk about light rail in Orlando because I-4 is so congested. And I think that's a great idea. I don't know that I see the need for high-speed rail from Orlando International to Tampa. I could understand if they were trying to get people to come from Tampa into the Disney or Orlando area, but who flies into Orlando to go to Tampa when Tampa has an airport? Right. It's oh, like so a 20-minute ride from Orlando to Tampa on high, on the rail, supposed to be. And the other thing, too, is... Really? 20 minutes? 20 minutes. I, yeah, I thought it was a little bit longer, but I heard on the news it's 20. I'm thinking, wow. dang. It would make sense if it went, if you had the option, because you think, well, people want to go out to Daytona, want to go out to that area and... and no, I'd rather go to Tampa. But I'm saying there are people who want to go to those beaches as well. So they're talking about extending this down to Miami. Um, I mean, the, the the overall project has has it going all over the state. Right, but this one so far, Disney's agreed to donate 50 acres of land for their station. Oh, big deal. Of course, you want it. Oh yeah, no question. So the, it, it's not some magnanimous gesture. It seems. Oh that no, Disney wants. High speed rail in the worst way. Right. From the airport to them. Mm-hmm. Where it goes after that. And they're talking about this being $2.5 billion for high speed rail from Orlando International to Tampa. And I think to myself, this doesn't really serve any of the people in Orlando. I mean, mm-hmm. in, unless you're working in Tampa. And I wonder what segment of the population that might be. A lot of the interviews I saw were people, you know, to and from work. I drive to Tampa three times a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there must be, you know, they, they've done feasibility studies. There must be a need for it. Um, you Disney's know. been pushing this for a great deal of a great. Oh, a, yeah, a for a long, long time. time. This, this fight has been ongoing for years. And they keep getting shot down by the local residents. Uh, uh, a lot of the area around Disney survives on the tourists coming to and from Disney. This would pretty much negate that. Siphoning the, uh, the right out of the airport onto Disney property. I mean, they tried to do it with Magical Express. And this would just make it even more difficult for right. those businesses. Yeah. A lot of those businesses have failed because of it. Like town car companies. You see a lot of the mom and pop town car companies just going away, you know, yeah. fighting for one transfer. Yeah. You know, the outlets, true. you go to the outlets nowadays, and except for the really big ones, you see stores closed left and right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah what, Dolly? Uh, what, what, not Dolly, Dolly Parton's. Uh, that's what a big flea market it's now. It's a flea market, yeah. yeah. Lovely. 
world's largest pizza palace on the second floor or whatever oh, it is. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> well, let's face it. That was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> they celebrated Christmas like, what, eight months out of the year? <laughs> that Christmas tree was up in April. <laughs> so what else do we have to cover? Kathy had something. I was over at Typhoon Lagoon the other day, and Disney not only has the attended area where you get, like, chairs and an attendant who gets you your water and gets you your drinks. They now have an area that you get an adjustable lounge chair, which the rest of them aren't, a table, well, like, snack table, and an umbrella. And that's in the same area. It's behind where the ice cream store was by Leaning Tilly's. I think that's what it's called but there's an attendant back there so like the the riffraff don't walk into that particular area but you have to sign up the for riffraff it. i love that term <laughs> you know the but, townies. Um, it's, <laughs> the townies it's i the think unwashed. it's it's 40 a day to get an adjustable chair and an umbrella <laughs> adjustable chair you're kidding 40 dollars a day you, you know, just have your you kid lift about, the feet up and down are you yeah. talking about it has that little ratchet on the back mm-hmm. there mm-hmm and a little like snack table to put your drink on or whatever and an umbrella. But what's, what's going on at the water parks that they feel like they have to upsell you? What's going on over there? Are they losing money, do you I think? I think it's yeah. the same thing that has been uh, – I think it's the same thing that's been put across every other business unit in the company. Cut costs and find new money. Cut costs and find new money. Well, these things are going to be popular once they cut the backs off those lamps. I personally think, <laughs> I think that um, Disney's probably gotten a lot of complaints with people arriving later and not finding a place to sit. And finally, Disney's like, okay, we'll, we'll have a place for you to sit. You're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you want a seat that bad, you're going to pay for it. Because that was a constant complaint from guests. It's like, when did you arrive? You arrived at 12 o'clock. You know, the park's full. You can't, you can't expect uh, four chairs side by side at the wave pool waiting for you. I don't know. I think for the price of admission, the least thing you could, the least you could expect in a water park is a chair to sit. You would think. You'd think that about that thing at the food and wine festival too. That festival for the sen- or party for the senses. However, you won't get a chair there either it, for seventy five dollars more. That's crazy. And you would also think two people wouldn't reserve six chairs that they mm-hmm. don't need. It's a big problem too. Right. So. There was nobody in the adjustable chairs though, and there was only one couple in that. Uh, pavilion that it cost you $240, so they must have needed the extra attention. I'm going to have to say it'd be nice to have an adjustable chair because that's much nicer to lay Mm -hmm. out in than the chair that doesn't move. (laughs) But I would think you wouldn't tuck it back there. Mm -mm. You would want to have it like up on the beach because they said it would be scattered around Typhoon Lagoon, but it's only scattered in that one area. The ones at Blizzard are on the creek. They're really nice. They, they, However, they overlook the creek. old Disney, you would assume that all of the chairs would be adjustable. Yeah. That, I guess is, that like a, is it a danger or, or right. some sort of safety hazard I for kids? You know, it falls and adjustable. like... Yeah, I was going to say, I <laughs> thought they the used to be, but yeah, they aren't now. I think they were adjustable. I remember cleaning those things. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy charging for that. Just sneak your own in. Wear it on your back. Yeah. <laughs> One of those ones that you used to have to lean forward. If you leaned all the way forward, then you could lean all the way back. Oh, God. But, you know, the water parks where you sit, that's your home base for the day. I mean, yeah. you, you leave your bags there. That's where your meeting spot is. So having a nice spot could be worth it for some people. For me, I'd rather just get there early and pick yeah, exactly. my own spot. I spend a lot of time on the boards. I No, I really? Do. And... <laughs> People are reaching the point. 
people are reaching their tipping point. They're increasing the prices. They're adding ridiculous new prices. They're taking away value. Um, it, it, Disney's going to price themselves out. They're going. They're. They're do. It seems to me that every thing they do, every single day, they're trying to drive someone away. It seems that the riffraffs. Apparently, <laughs> well, you know, take a look. Take a look at you know the next new resort to open on property is a Waldorf Astoria. Okay, so if you need a if you need a, a blueprint into what their mindset is and who they want, uh. They want, you know, they want the upper. This they're pricing themselves so this is a vacation that can only be afforded by upper middle class and higher. But don't they have televisions? Every channel I turn on with this discussion, that is sort of a fallacy at this point. There is no, no upper middle class anymore. You know, it's a. Uh, this is you know I, I talk about it all the time. We, this is the mindset of. Of management, this is the mindset they're in, and they embarked on this uh, plan a few years ago before the recession uh, really kicked in, uh, with this plan of fractal ownerships and and the Waldorf Astoria and all this other four stuff. Seasons, the yeah. Four Seasons, uh, you know, this is where they were going, and they don't, they don't appear to be stopping. Nothing's taking them off course. Um, they realize that they let three they could let three thousand people go. Uh, irrespective of what that's doing to the uh, the end product right now, uh, so they saved a fortune there. They've been cutting back on on things. They've been cutting back on shows and on services, all this other stuff. Meanwhile, raising prices, and this is just that arrogance I talk about all the time that pervades their management. This is what I'm talking about. That's arrogant. It is arrogant in this economy, in this reality. It's arrogant to be raising prices like this, taking things away. Not only is it bad business in the long term, but it sends such a message to people, the people who are paying attention, the people who are watching what they do. The message it sends is, we really don't care. Yeah, we understand that the recession is bad, but it's every man for himself, and we're going to get as much money out of you as we can, and we really just don't care. That's the bottom line. Well, so thing- I, think, I think everybody just has to accept that. That Disney stopped caring at some point. Another thing that they started too that with now at the Magic Kingdom restaurants, they're gonna like at the counter service places, they're gonna have like a cast member when it's busy, like taking you to a table. We're no more. Yeah, we were talking about this last well, week. Well, I was yeah. over there on Friday with my granddaughters and the youngest one, Allison, seven months old, and the heat was getting to her. And we went in, we were trying to find a place to just sit down to let her cool off a little bit, and thankfully they hadn't been doing that at um, Cosmic Rays. So we got a chance to sit down, and by the time she sort of like cooled off a little bit and they went up and got the food, she was in a quite pleasant mood. Now, what do you do? I, I didn't listen to last week's show because I didn't want to have my opinions changed or what. But, I mean, is that a good thing to do? However, we talk about these changes that they make, and we talk about the, the amount of money it costs, and we talk about all these things. Yet, we were there Saturday night at the boardwalk, and there were so many people. It was like a sea of humanity, mm. waiting to get into restaurants, waiting to get into fast food stands, walking along the boardwalk in the gift shops. 
is this having an effect? Do people really don't care? Is it that if you're not um, an extreme Disney fanatic who follows this stuff all, all along like we do, do the general people don't care? Well, I and think will show up anyway. I think the general population, the non-Disney fans that vacation here, uh, except to some degree, that you know Disney is going to be expensive. I mean, those two words, Disney and expensive, go together in a sentence very well. Uh, I think where the impact is is on yeah, these people are coming, but where they may have been inclined to come again in two or three years, maybe now it's going to be six or seven. Uh, I don't. Th- I think that's where this is going to start hitting them. Everything that you hear on television, everything you read in the newspapers, talks about how while the economy is recovering, this recovery is going to look a lot different than any previous recovery we've seen before. Uh, that people people have changed. P- things have changed, and I don't see Disney adapting to this. I see Disney saying, "No, nothing has changed. We're going to keep forging ahead." We're going to keep doing what we've always done, you know, with the exception of offering a couple of discounts here and there. We're going to continue to do everything we've always done and focus solely and completely on our shareholders at the expense of putting out really a consistent and quality product for our guests, which is supposed to be what they're about. And I don't see that happening. I see that going away, rapidly going away. It's all about the shareholder. It's all about shareholder value. That's the very narrow view they've taken of the business. And like I said, I don't think it's going to hurt them next year. I think it's going to hurt them in five years. When you watch these business reports and you see when they talk about the economy in general and on a global scale, they talk about how the dollar is so weak that America is basically on sale. That people come from the U.K. and come from other countries where their money is so strong compared to ours that they'll go to New York City and go shopping where people in the United States can't afford that. So maybe that's what Disney figures, that if even if people within the United States can't go, they're still going to get people from all over the world, that their, their appeal is so broad, um, such, a, such a spread all over the world that it doesn't matter how our economy is as long as they get people from somewhere. Well, I think it's... Uh, I think Kevin is right. I think the tide is starting to turn. I think people are now reaching a point where they're saying, you know what? Like, you know, like we said last week, I can't, you know, I would have come twice this year, but I can only come once. Or, you know, I was going to come next year, but now i got to wait till 2011. Go ahead. I think we're going to see parking fees at resorts eventually, just like the Swan and Dolphin. Even for day guests or even for no, people No, even staying. for people for staying there. I think we're eventually going to see the cost to pay to park. Well, supposedly that's built into the resort fees on a lot of these properties, too. But You'd think, wouldn't you? Well, I can say from when Most we were, hotels do charge you to park. I was just going to say that, you know, with I, I understand that Disney's trying to make money, but like in our case last week, if Disney's trying to, to rush you through things so that they can turn it over and make money, we were at the point that if we hadn't gotten her cooled down, we would have left the park. And I can't imagine we're the only ones that would be like that, that if you're in the park and you feel like you're being rushed through things, you're going to think, well, that wasn't fun. I'm either going to go back to my resort or when the choice of a vacation comes up, are you going to really want to go back and go through this again? So, you know. I'll tell you something about the restaurant. We were in the restaurant, and at, at one point, Kevin's mom just gave up. 
She said, it's so loud in here. There's nothing I can eat. She was cold. It was very cold in the restaurant. She said, I'm going to wait outside for you guys. And if we didn't have people with us, we would have gotten up with her and left. So I can see where people would get frustrated and just stop whatever they're doing and say, listen, I have to be comfortable. I have to take care of my family. But don't you wonder what kind of filter they must put on these surveys that they ask? Because, you know, like guest surveys have said, you know, that people are looking for chairs, but they're also looking for like a quality experience or not feeling like Disney's always standing there with their hand out looking for money. And that seems to be where they're at these days. Or you're going to get what's happening now, which is everybody wants the bargain. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for free dining. I'm going to wait for seven for four. I'm going to wait if for If Disney all keeps giving away free dining and keeps giving away three nights for the cost of or four, three nights if seven nights for the cost of four, excuse me, you're going to see people being charged to park. And that's going to, again, that's going to, then you're going to say, okay, well, it's cheaper for you to fly into Orlando and take Magical Express, and then they won't, you won't leave property. Yeah. Disney's looking to trap you on Disney property. And well, they always have been. They're getting more blatant aggressive about it, in my about opinion. It. Aggressive about it. And you're eventually, it's my opinion, you're going to see fees for parking at the resorts, even if you're a guest. Could I be. can't imagine that's going to be very far behind. You may very well be right, but... We will have to wait and see. All right, that is going to do it, folks, for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. 